I just want to do, say, a weigh-in dispense application, I don't have to buy this big monolithic MES implementation and deploy it. I can buy just the functionality I want, and I can deploy that in an agile fashion, deliver value across my, my line or my facility or multiple sites, and come back and do that in a, in a repeatable way. Welcome to the Manufacturing Executive Podcast, where we explore the strategies and experiences that are driving mid-sized manufacturers forward. Here, you'll discover new insights from passionate manufacturing leaders who have compelling stories to share about their successes and struggles. And you'll learn from B2B sales and marketing experts about how to apply actionable business development strategies inside your business. Let's get into the show. Welcome to another episode of the Manufacturing Executive Podcast. I'm Joe Sullivan, your host, and a co-founder of the industrial marketing agency, Gorilla76. This episode is brought to you by Workstep, a software provider that helps companies hire and retain their frontline workforce across the supply chain. Visit workstep.com to learn more. Very few manufacturers can afford to deploy an army of data scientists in their production environments to analyze historical data in search of creating that golden batch. But in today's AI-rich environment, manufacturing leaders can turn their process engineers and manufacturing engineers into what my guest today refers to as the citizen data scientist. With the right tools in hand, the right data, insights, and knowledge can be harvested, processed, and put into the hands of the right people inside of their organizations to affect change. Let me introduce our guest so he can tell you all about it. Barry Johnson is president of the Digital Manufacturing Division of Symphony AI Industrial, where he leads a global business focused on helping manufacturing companies drive digital transformation via their low-code AI-enabled manufacturing operations management solutions. With 600-plus deployed plants and more than 40,000 users, the Digital Manufacturing Division helps manufacturing companies reduce variability in their processes while increasing throughput and yield. Barry is an experienced senior executive with more than 25 years of demonstrated success in the industrial software sector, driving revenue growth and improving business performance internationally. Barry previously served in multiple executive roles at Rockwell Automation, including Global Vice President of Software Sales. Before Rockwell, Barry held numerous software roles at GE driving growth organically and inorganically. Barry, welcome to the show. Thanks, Joe. Great to be here. That's good to have you. Barry, we're going to talk about MES software today. And for anyone listening who's not super familiar with the topic, I'm wondering if you could just kick things off by simply telling us what MES is all about and the purpose it serves inside of a manufacturing organization. Sure. So the concept of MES certainly isn't new. It's been around probably since the 80s. You know, starting, I think, you know, with the semiconductor industry, companies manufacturing really complex products needed systems and tools to help them do that. So manufacturing execution systems or sometimes referred to as manufacturing operations management systems, which is technically a superset, is really a specialized class of software for manufacturers that really it manages the execution of real-time physical manufacturing processes. And at the fundamental level, it's really all about transforming raw material into finished goods. And so every manufacturing company, no matter what you're making, 
does that, transfers raw material into intermediate or finished goods. And companies do that in a wide variety of ways today. Some companies do it with paper and, and spreadsheets to, to manage that process. Other companies have developed homegrown or customized solutions to help manage that process over time. Other companies have, have purchased packaged software, MES software from automation vendors or software companies and deployed you know, solutions along those lines. And they've delivered a lot of great business value for companies that have, I'll say, had the fortitude to embark upon that journey because it requires, uh, the traditional approach requires some significant investments. But companies that have been able to do it, you end up having a business system in place that enables you to you know, really reduce your inventory, drive higher yields, reduce your cost of quality. So there's a lot of great business benefits that come from having a system that really now has, has digitized your manufacturing operations and provided you with insights on how to drive continuous improvement. So that's really what it's all about. Well, you started to hint at you know that traditionally MES solutions have required significant investments. In a previous conversation, you you told me they tend tend to be you know kind of slow, maybe kind of rigid. Well, how's this changing at this moment in time, or maybe in recent years? And from your perspective, what's the future of MES solutions look like? Yeah, so like I said, Joe, MES has been around for a long time, and one of the challenges that sort of I'll say plagued the industry for for you know the the time it's been around. You're right. It, if traditionally, you can think of these systems as significant costs, long time to implement, you know, fairly rigid. And they've also been very sort of industry specific or manufacturing process specific. And so what I mean by that is if you're a, a batch manufacturer, that's very different than if you're manufacturing discrete parts or if you're a process manufacturer doing, you know, continuous processing. And so traditionally, there'd be a different MES solution from maybe a different vendor. So if I'm a multi-mode manufacturing company, say I'm a, I'm a pharmaceutical manufacturer and I make an active pharmaceutical ingredient, which is a, a batch process, I might have one set of technology and then downstream as I'm doing packaging and filling, a completely different set of technology. And so it's just, it's just one of the things that's really sort of slowed the industry's growth and really made it, this reality where even the most sophisticated companies that have deployed MES have only got it deployed you know, in a portion of their enterprise. Because of some of the reasons I just mentioned, it's, it's been really difficult to adapt a solution to the individual needs of a smaller site uh, that might be a little bit different than sort of the other sites that the system was designed around. So that's been a bit of the, the challenge with the traditional approach. So every manufacturing company that I talk to is looking, you know, towards, you know, next gen MES, if I could use that word. And there's a lot of, you know, really exciting things that, like I said, traditional MES, those vendors and those solutions, that technology was developed in the, in the early 90s, mid 90s. Now with the emergence of SaaS, with the proliferation of mobile devices, low code, no code approaches, now we're starting to see companies that are providing solutions that are much more modularized and composable. I mentioned a low-code um, approach to being able to develop applications, whereas in the past, 
the way you would develop an application is it's a large sort of IT project, you're writing a lot of code. Now companies are providing sort of object-based, visualized, drag and drop ways to develop applications and deploy those in a, in a really agile way. And really with the goal of empowering manufacturing engineers and operations people, as opposed to IT projects, to be able to deliver value. And then I, again, coming back to the mobile piece, every manufacturing company is, is dealing with, with, this, with this situation where the, the vision is being able to hand a, an iPad or a mobile device to a new manufacturing associate and they're, they're productive day one because they've got guided work instructions. They've got everything they need to do to go about their job. So all these technologies are kind of emerging in a way that really changes the landscape and changes the game in terms of if I'm a manufacturing company, especially, you know, one of the challenges also, if I'm a medium-sized manufacturer, you know, it's been really cost prohibitive to really take advantage of some of this technology. And so now, you know, companies like ours and others now offer a much more agile approach where if I just want to do, say, a weigh-in dispense application, I don't have to buy this big monolithic MES implementation and deploy it. I can buy just the functionality I want, and I can deploy that in an agile fashion, deliver value across my, my line or my facility or multiple sites, and come back and do that in a, in a repeatable way. So there's just you know, so much of a different approach that companies are starting to look at. Well, let's talk about AI for a minute here. What are some ways that AI-based MES solutions can create value that may not have been the case with traditional MES software? Yeah, so really traditional MES hasn't really done anything with AI at all in the manufacturing sense. And even AI and manufacturing, when you look at it, most companies have, have looked at using AI in the context of really predictive maintenance type of use cases. But this is a really interesting topic because companies have started to see the potential benefits of using AI to assist in some of the areas where MES has been really strong, looking at process analysis and improvements in your manufacturing operations over time that can only be gleaned by looking at historical data and looking for patterns and anomalies. And so one of the things that is really exciting, you know, we're doing a project like I could talk about a little bit, but it's all about kind of how do I adhere to the golden batch or the golden runs? Well, again, going back to my earlier comment, MES is all about transforming raw material into finished goods. And if there's a, a, a perfect way to do that or a golden way to do that, and what you're trying to do is eliminate deviations and eliminate a lot of variability in your process, how do I take AI and how do I look at the ability to correlate input variables into that process to my output quality and using multivariate analysis and some you know, data science algorithms to really generate optimal set points and steer the manufacturing process towards that sort of golden batch level and looking for ways to identify deviations as early as you can in the manufacturing process, it just makes it a much more efficient way to run your operations. So kind of where the market is today, companies have had to deploy data scientists to look at you know, taking a bunch of historical data and trying to build models and no manufacturing company can really afford to have an army of data scientists out in their manufacturing environments. So again, here with some of the emergence of some technology from companies like ours and others, you know, we're, we're providing tools to enable sort of you know, the, the citizen data scientist, if you will, which in our world is really 
process engineers, manufacturing engineers, you know, giving them tools to be able to integrate process data, train and validate models, and be able to deploy those in a way that, again, puts knowledge and insights in the hands of the people that are running manufacturing processes and being able to use AI in a way to do that. So I'll, I'll just give you, you know, one example, Joe, where yeah. a lot of times you'll see in manufacturing processes, the only way to do a final inspection, there might be a visual inspection. You might be looking for a cosmetic defect or, or something that's difficult to catch with some kind of testing equipment. So there's still a lot of, a lot of manufacturing companies still have a lot of people doing inspections um, at, at certain critical checkpoints or at the end of the line. We're working with a manufacturing company that makes electronic components. And one of their challenges is it's really not until they get to the end of the process where they do a final quality check do they find defects. And they're small little devices. And so they've got a lot of people looking at them. And whenever you do that, it's fraught with human error, right? It's number one, it's expensive. And you end up with a lot of just you know, human error. So we're, we're working with them and we're using a combination of image recognition, image capture, which again is a, not a new technology, been around a long, long time with vision systems capturing high-speed data. But now we're looking at and building AI models and looking for patterns that continuously learn and continuously train. And so this example with this company, uh, we're able to dramatically reduce the number of first-pass defects. Over time, we're going to be able to help them greatly with quality and yield and ultimately uh, much less of a need on that human interaction and the people looking at products coming off the end of the line and turning into good or bad. So that's just one of many, but it's a really exciting topic in manufacturing. Again, getting beyond sort of predictive maintenance, which are great use cases, but really into if I can improve quality, if I can improve throughput, if I can improve yield using, using models, that's, there's really a lot of productivity. That's a great example. Let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. Hiring and retaining frontline supply chain workers continues to be a major struggle in today's market. Workstep is a leading software provider that has partnered with manufacturing companies to help them better understand the true reasons behind their workforce turnover and take actions to improve it. Workstep has successfully helped many manufacturing companies reduce their frontline worker turnover by up to 36%. Visit workstep.com to learn how you could do the same and protect your bottom line. Are there any other you know, success stories, you know, whether or not you use an actual company's name is not important to me, but that you can talk about to kind of show what sort of transformations you've seen come to life after deploying a modernized MES system like you've been talking about today? Yeah, uh, I'm going to stay away from company names, but I'll, yeah, I'll talk totally. about you know, maybe a couple uh, in a couple of different contexts. So yeah. we, we work with a large, large multinational conglomerate in sort of the industrial and consumer goods space. And again, the big levers are productivity, throughput, yield. And so with that, with that client, they've been able to save averaging over a million dollars annually per plant just by eliminating, you know, as, as I said at the beginning, manufacturing companies, most of them, you'll see all kinds of systems that were built over time to manage the transformation of raw material into finished goods. So just by being able to reduce the number of homegrown systems, redundant applications, standardize your operations. That's another big benefit when you're talking about being able to deploy MES solutions across the number of, number of sites. You can start to do benchmarking. So if I'm making the same product 
you know, in Chicago as I am in Singapore, as I am in Germany. Now, if I've got a solution deployed across all those sites, I can start to do benchmarking and quality improvement and continuous improvement over, over time. So that's just one example. You know, maybe another one, smaller scale, but a, a company that's in sort of the agriculture uh, and chemical business, you know, they were looking for a, a better way just to get a handle on, again, sort of yield and, and overall equipment efficiency. And so we deployed a, a solution for them across 15 sites, going back to the agile notion I was talking earlier about the capabilities of some of the newer technology, across 15 sites in uh, a matter of about three months. And so that's kind of unheard of and compared to the sort of the traditional uh, monolithic approach to MES. So that, that's a couple of examples. You know, the other thing, and I touched on this earlier, one of the challenges has been MES hasn't really fit into smaller manufacturers. I might just have one manufacturing site. So we're working with a company that's sort of in the, in the business space and the plumbing and climate control solutions. And again, just looking at sort of real-time operations management of their, their high mix type of operations. And we were able to reduce a lot of their scrap, improve their yield, just giving them visibility in their operations to drive continuous improvement. And that saved them a, a bunch of money, about 14% improvement in throughput and overall equipment efficiency. Again, just one other example, and I'll pause, another a building manufacturer with really you know, one site and just what they're looking to do is just get a better, uh, a better handle on the variability across their, their products. So they make something that they're, they want to have a very consistent process. And they were, we were able to work with them to drive a 25% improvement in, in productivity just by reducing scrap and reducing stuff that they had to throw away. So uh, just a, a couple of examples, and there's, there's many, but it's all about really reducing the cost of goods sold and, and really driving uh, improved quality and throughput. So you've suggested a couple of times here in this conversation that you know a number of manufacturers will probably only have software deployed in some areas of the company. What's holding them back? Is it the, the investment costs up front traditionally? Is like how do you scale that and figure out when the right time is to scale that across the organization? Yeah, I think it's a number of factors. Cost has certainly been one. The rigidity has been another, right? Because I'll sort of go back to the example I touched on earlier. Mm -hmm. it, Companies that have deployed MES solutions that have had success have had to, there's some trade-offs, right? So if I want to drive standardization, that's that there's a lot of benefits to that, as I just mentioned. You kind of do, you can do benchmarking from site to site. But in order to kind of fit into the way to do that, you've got to you got to mold your manufacturing processes to sort of fit the software, fit the application you've developed. Now, as soon as you do that, you've you've had to give up some of the some of the specific site capabilities you might need if you're making different products. So there's always been that balance of how do I drive standardization versus how do I, how do I meet the needs of, of localization in the local sites? So that's been one of the things that's really, I think, inhibited the growth across multiple sites. So now, again, companies like ours offering a way to deploy solutions in a much more agile way Again, going back to I can bite off just the functionality that I need and deploy it across multiple sites and come back and do it again. And it's almost as though the, the benefit of the ROI from the first implementation funds the next in sort of a continuous improvement type of approach. But the other thing I would just caution you know, people to, to be aware of, you've got to have some governance in place when you start to deploy solutions across your enterprise. 
because it's very easy to take a solution that might be really easy to spin up a solution, but but if you have a different solution for this cell versus this cell or this line versus this line or this plant versus the other, pretty soon you end up in an untenable situation where you've got a lot of different, albeit on the same platform, applications deployed. So what worked was really trying to help companies do is look at what are ways where you can still have governance as well as you know drive the ability to rapidly deploy value across the enterprise. So uh, there's ways that we can do that, and it's really an exciting exciting time because that really hasn't been a, an option for most manufacturing companies in the past. Well, tell us a little bit about Symphony and what you guys do and what makes you unique. Yeah, so at the Symphony level, we're a collection of companies that are all focused on really bringing AI to bear to help digital transformations in the businesses that we're focused on. So we've got a, a large business focused in retail, a business in media. I'm obviously part of the industrial business. And so we're all about driving, again, digital transformation, uh, leveraging AI, as I spoke about, as a, as a means to, to do that. So there's a tremendous AI, is something that's talked about a great deal because there's just so much untapped potential. And so that's really what we're all about is delivering real tangible business value to our clients. It's got to be a fun space to be in right now. It's just so much interesting technology emerging and everything's happening so fast. It is. As, as you said, when you introduced me, I've been I've been in this space for a long time. Mm-hmm. And quite honestly, the progress that the market has made compared to some of the industries, other industries, is pretty stagnant. The manufacturing industry has been pretty slow to be able to adopt new technology. Things is, is, like the cloud is an example. A lot of manufacturing companies still... They, they've kind of wanted their data on-prem. They were worried about, because these systems are mission critical. You know, once you've got a, a system like MES deployed, if it goes down, you're not making product. And depending upon the, the sector that you're in, that can be really expensive or really dangerous in some cases. So companies have kind of tended to take an approach of, I'm going to get something in place, I'm going to lock it down, I'm going to not touch it, and I'm going to you know ring that asset for as long as we can. But as I said, now with SaaS becoming more and more prolific, Again, especially for companies in sort of a medium-sized space, now I can, you can consume MES solutions from companies like ours that we can host. You don't really have to stand up any infrastructure. It's really just kind of, you know, be able to take advantage of the out-of-the-box functionality that companies like ours can provide and start to deliver immediate value. So mobile is another, you know, key thing. People aren't tethered to their work cells as much anymore. And the, the whole proliferation of mobile devices just is making all of this a lot easier as well. Barry, is there anything I did not ask you about that you'd like to add to the conversation? No, I, I think this has, been, this has been really good. I think if what maybe what I would say is, you know, this is a very much an inflection point and a different time in the market. I said it earlier, every manufacturing company I talk to, whether they've got a traditional MES in the past or they didn't, they're all looking for how do I take advantage and how do I drive more productivity? Manufacturing companies, executives that I talk to, they don't have time to imagine you know, solutions. They want real life uh, applications to deliver business value. And so I would just encourage companies to, you know, to take a look at some of the, the new vendors out there. There's a lot of new approaches to solving some of these problems where if you, if you get involved with somebody, you're going to start to deliver business value. So I would just encourage people to take a look at the market that's changing more now than I've ever seen it change 
you know, in my 25 years of being there. It's really an exciting time. Well, Barry, great conversation today. Can you tell our audience how they can get in touch with you and where they can learn more about Symphony AI? Yeah, I mean, the easiest place is just to check out our website and uh, we'll make sure the link is sent to everybody, but it's symphonyindustrialai.com. Beautiful. Well, Barry, once again, thanks for doing this today. Thank you, Joe. It's been awesome. a pleasure. As for the rest of you, I hope to catch you on the next episode of the Manufacturing Executive. Before we go, I want to say a quick thank you to our sponsor, Workstep. Workstep's software helps companies hire and retain their frontline workforce across the supply chain. Visit workstep.com to learn more. You've been listening to the Manufacturing Executive Podcast. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you'd like to learn more about industrial marketing and sales strategy, you'll find an ever-expanding collection of articles, videos, guides, and tools specifically for B2B manufacturers at gorilla76.com learn. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.